The Republic of Sarah stars Stella Baker, and before taking the role of rebellious high school teacher Sarah Cooper, I found out that Stella was actually in a previous show that we reviewed not so long ago, Tell Me Your Secrets. She was the missing, presumed dead teenage daughter, Teresa Barlow. And if I remember the pilot correctly, she mainly shows up in a backlash at the end of the episode where the main character gives her a haircut. In the Republic of Sarah, Sarah leads the town of Greylock, New Hampshire, which I've never heard of, to declare independency from the United States to avoid a mining company from digging up all their Colton, which is a pretty valuable metal ore. Is that a good summary? I mean, yeah, for the most part. I think that the this episode mostly deals with a lock-in, though. Okay. On today's episode, we're looking at episode three, The Lines Between Us, which was written by Deborah Fordham, a well-known producer and writer on Scrubs. The episode currently has a 7.7 on IMDb. That's known to fluctuate. The whole show has like a 5.7. We'll be going over the plot, discussing how practical it is to run your own state, and revealing how the show was resurrected from the dead. So without further ado, let's begin. Episode 3, The Lines Between Us. Greylock struggles when New Hampshire's governor closes the border. Sarah calls on Bella, Tyler, and Maya to help solve the problem. Kareem pushes Danny to reveal his secret. That is the summary. Where do you want to begin? Well, we follow five storylines in this episode, and I guess we could start off with the main one, which is Sarah protesting with teenagers to try and get Greylock reopened again. Um, basically, people are mad because they're not able to get items like food and water and clothing and everything in, because if those people come in with those items, they're not going to be able to come back out again. And this is all the governor's fault, right? Right, yeah. Do we see the governor? Yeah, the governor, I think, is, she's, her name's Gail, and she's the- Oh, it's a she. Yeah, and she's the antagonist of this show. Is she the anti-Sarah? I mean, yeah. How old is she? I would say Gail is like, I'd say 50, but Sarah's probably in her mid-20s. Yeah, Sarah's 27, or (laughs) the person who plays her is 27. So at first I misread the uh, synopsis to this and thought that she was supposed to be a high schooler. No, no, (laughs) it's it's something crazy like that. But like the, like stores are being closed midday because of how much they're running out of items. It's not a good situation at all. People can't even put milk in their coffee because of how low just rations are. Yeah, so, so Greyhook is in, in a little bit of trouble right now. Right, and so then... Sorry, Greylock. Greylock, yeah. So then these teenagers, uh, Bello is the main one. That's the one's name I got. They they just jump over these borders and they try to make it out of Greylock, almost like a, um, what do you want to call it, like a Shawshank Redemption type of way, but the uh, police catch them. And even though everyone is, like, kind of denouncing these teenagers for doing that, that's when Sarah is like, I'm so proud of you guys. You guys were standing up for what's right. And if we, the people, like, really try to protest, we can try and change Gail's mind because no one's really liking how things so are Sarah's, going. So Sarah's, like, uh, she's still the, their teacher, right? Right. For but she's also part. leading the town. Yeah, she's leading the town. But she's, she, like, for example, when she's telling the teenagers this, someone walks into the coffee shop and walks by them. So Sarah tr- acts like she's denouncing them and then goes, right back to being nice once that person walks by so it's like she doesn't want people to automatically know that they're going to be protesting because she wants it to come as a surprise to gail so i know you didn't watch the first two episodes but does it become pretty apparent that gray lock is supposed to be its own independent nation at this point yeah for the most part basically did you get a recap at all 
Uh, yeah, at the very beginning, but I didn't really understand much. All I understood was that Sarah is basically in charge of uh, Grey Locky. Does and... she seem a little young to be in charge of everybody? Like, is everybody cool with it, or, or does she uh, have every... some dissenters? Yeah, I mean, everyone seems to basically be okay with it. But were she... you okay with it as the audience member? I mean, yeah, especially when you were talking about teenagers being the people that were, like, trying to protest. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's realistic. It's but... realistic, but what's not realistic is probably more the pitch for the show, which says that, like just through an ordinance in the town that they were able to find a loophole that said that a judge approved that they were no longer yeah. part of the United States. And that seems to be what most reviewers who are upset with the show have an issue with is just that the logic behind it. Yeah. Yeah. But the person who created the show, Jeffrey Paul King, who also created elementary, he has a master's degree in show running, but he also has a degree in cartography and geography. Now, you know what cartography is, right? No, I don't. Map making. Okay. He loves maps. So, and he loves finding out about these little nations that like in Italy, are finding out that or found out a long time ago that they actually weren't part of Italy and so they are like their own independent thing they're not this isn't supposed to be anti-american or a, a, like they seceded from America because right. they like hated America or a civil rights type thing nothing like that it's more like they just wanted to stop this big mining company and the governor from coming in and just like destroying their whole town well and that's why i was thinking when i was watching this show for the first couple minutes i was like this must be like an environmentalist type message that they're spreading but now it's just basically them trying to reopen the border for like a full so, 44 did minutes. you like that uh, no <laughs> okay so what would you give the show overall i give the show like a five out of ten. First off they so wait have... hold up five out of ten that's pretty low did you like any part of it I mean, I will say that the second half of the show at least picks up from where the first half just kept on. How does it pick up? Relationship-wise, it's a CW I mean, they, show. They seal, they seal up some storyline. Like, like there's some crazy storylines that go on here. First off, may I say, Grover, he is a character that is moving out of his old house, much like kind of BoJack Horseman when he moved out of his house. He's a struggling actor from the nineties. No, no, but it's like it's a house that has a lot of memories to him. But 16 minutes through, he burns his own house down to the ground and the ambulances show up. And then when... Well, uh, he works at a diner, so he can afford it. No, he... he, he <laughs> and then Sarah shows up and is like, okay, Grover, why did you set your house on fire? And he's like, because I can control this situation. I did this because I wanted to How show that I Grover? have power. Around Sarah's age, like 27. Really? It didn't make a lot of sense. And also, I felt like it was getting a little bit too... Not political, but just that they were addressing issues in the wrong way. For example, Sarah goes to peacefully protest with a full voice of support behind her. There are a lot of people, and as they are peacefully protesting to try and get Greylock reopened, police end up like hurting them, abusing them. They even use um, some of the tear gas, and they like they push Sarah to the ground. I mean, does she get hurt? I mean, she gets arrested, but my biggest problem with it was the fact that it was happening to, like, a middle-aged white woman, and that's not usually who well, she's the not abuse is happening. Oh, oh you mean the governor? No, I'm saying that, like, Sarah is heading this whole entire thing. Sarah is not middle-aged. 27 I meant, is not middle-aged. I meant in her mid-20s, but the point is, <laughs> okay. is that, like, she's she's a white woman. I don't think that that's usually who that's happening against or the minority that's happening against. I think it's usually It's happening. not progressive enough of a TV show, is that what you're saying? Or it's not representing I just think that that and... part was i like i think that was a misfire in terms of what they were trying to go for really like yeah. do you think that they were trying to lay it on too thick uh, well i think i think so but i think that when, are they trying to make the, the the rest of new hampshire look like real trash people who are trying to just take over this one town is there anything wrong with this town any no, way that you're like okay sarah's in the wrong here 
No, not really. Sarah's always in the right, and that could also be a fault of the TV show, I feel like. Um, She's too perfect of a character. <laughs> yeah, but for well, the Sarah's, most part. Yeah, this is produced by CW. Mm-hmm. So how many relationships are we talking about here? Well, Sarah's brother Danny is getting married to someone named Piper. Do you and... learn anything about Danny in this episode? Because I know that he is an estranged brother, meaning that he and Sarah do not have like too much of a relationship. They don't get along, but the person that, uh, that Danny it, really does It reminded does not me like. of Warrior. Because the brother-sister relationship in that. Yeah, it reminded me also that it doesn't ever seem like a brother and sister in a TV show are ever, like, okay with one another. It seems like they always are at odds. Yeah, you can come up with, like, exceptions, but I'm saying for the most part, it's always that they are at odds with a lot of people. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of brother-sisters. With with Danny. Brothers and sisters. I, I don't know. I think that's all about the drama between them. Is that is that a TV show? You never heard of Brothers and Sisters? No. Okay. <laughs> but Danny, well, his main gripe is is with his mom. Like for example, he shuts his mom out completely this episode. His mom comes to speak to him. Because, well, yeah, because he mm-hmm. left when he was a kid. This is all just background stuff I found out, and his mom had been like an alcoholic, uh, alcoholic or and yeah. she's going to AA means try and get better. But when she tries to kind of reconcile with Danny, Danny's like, "Yes, I'm engaged. Yes, it's you know all this stuff is going on, but no, you're not invited to the wedding. You can't hang out with my fiance." you're never going to like see my children he's just is like this drama for the sake it. of drama or is it just actually helping with the show no no it's, it's drama for the sake of drama because it's like hello I, cw and danny doesn't really ever give any reason to actually go for him like a lot of the time Root for him yeah throughout he's this, the lawyer for the evil society or for the lumber company whatever the yeah, mining company well a lot of this episode is danny going to sarah and just bitching about the fact of what she's doing because he feels like what she's doing is wrong you know i mean like <laughs> it's funny that he's going to a history teacher and that this history teacher has become this so big of a power. figure yeah, yeah. so <laughs> such a powerful figure originally she was intended to be guess guess what a mayor uh, a mayor well, that would make more sense it was this was the original pitch for it and okay. it was a few years ago it was mayor sarah cooper is a quint- quintessential new englander she's sharply intelligent fiercely loyal and always willing to lend a hand sounds like that's still pretty consistent yeah. uh she's hesitant to step into the spotlight at first but her quiet strength and innate leadership begin to flourish after external forces threaten her community and her way of life. They shot the pilot for that on CBS with someone completely different, someone who was 40 years old and who we actually oh, wow. also saw in a TV show that we did. And that show was... I, I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, Clarice? Maybe. It was Sarah Drew, and she was in the she was the mom in Cruel uh, Summer. Oh, okay. So the one that I think you told me about. She was yeah. No, she played I, in, like an alcoholic mom in, in Cruel Summer because her daughter had been like accused of again. That, stuff. that that pitch at least makes more sense because it's not history teacher heading a whole but entire CBS town. But CBS looked at it and was like, ugh, no, we don't so, want so, this. So and they so, changed it and moved it to the CW. And so they youngerified the class. That's a that's a new <laughs> word, youngerified. Yeah. Um, and they recast completely, shot a whole new pilot, and this is what we got. So I mean, yeah, you get crazy things that also happen in the storyline that don't even resolve. For example, I believe that AJ is her name, and that's a friend of Sarah. She's a cop, and Sarah has this insane idea to try and get AJ on a boat so she can go out, try and get supplies, and then come back. But it turns. What's so weird to me is that the cops automatically are just all okay with it. 
Because yeah. you think as government figures, they would be like, well, should we actually just go across the mile over there and then become part of well, New Hampshire again? She, well, Sarah's telling AJ this in private. She's like, obviously, this is like against the law, but we need to do this because we just do not have enough supplies to live off of in Greylock. And then AJ's like, I don't want to do this, but fine. And it turns out that later on in the episode, not only did the boat drown when she was coming back with the items, but AJ's, AJ, dead? AJ's in jail. Oh, AJ's in jail. But they never resolve it. She's still in jail. By well, being it's not like this episode. was the end of the... It's not like this is the end of the show. Yeah, but this is only the third episode. But like, I just okay. You feel like you should have had more conclusion than that. At you least, mentioned yeah. Bella before, so the students that we see or follow oh, right, yeah. mostly in the show are there's Tyler, there's Bella, there's Maya, um, and and I Grover you said was actually the diner worker. So yeah. those three, Bella was actually in Council of Dads. But not the Council of Dads that you watched. There was a pilot for Council of Dads that was 10 <laughs> years ago, and she was in that. It was just never I don't aired. even remember you saying that in the Council of Dads episode. That I don't I even did. know if I, if I knew it. Um, <laughs> but then there was also Maya. And Maya, I think you should recognize, because you've seen her in multiple things. Really? And she's the youngest member of the cast. We only focused on Bella this episode. Oh, you didn't see Maya too much? No, not too much. I either. was hoping, because she was the girl that was in Shameless Season 4, the one that um, Joanne... Um, what's her name? John Cusack. Cusack almost adopts the one who the probably oh, right. Native yeah. American. But yeah. she's also the Westworld girl who the man in the hat always speaks to. Who who's oh, she right. speaks yeah. with the voice yeah. of um, of whatever his face is. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah character. Yeah. All right. So but yeah, the, the, I just found that interesting. With Bella, what we follow is that the. The protests go viral, basically, and it all Hell starts yeah. because of these teenagers. And then does it go viral on a specific platform? I think it was Instagram. Oh, okay. Right? But uh, Bella, in the end, speaks to her dad, and the dad's really mad because he's like, "How could you be doing this? Like, I can't have you going out and protesting." But he wants a successful life for his daughter, so he offers or doesn't offer, basically forces her to go to a charter school. And Bella is 100% against it. She's like, "No, Dad, I want to stay here in Greylock because here is where all my friends are." And he's like, "No, this place is a place where lawyers come out of, doctors come out of, all these successful people, and you're going because that's final." And that's basically all that happens in her storyline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, like I'll give this show credit in the fact that I guess they have a lot of characters. But none of the storylines I was ever interested in actually seeing play out. Let's roll that back. You're giving it credit for um, actually shedding light on a lot of storylines. Yeah. Because when you right. say they have a lot of characters, I mean, every well, show yeah. has a lot of characters. I mean, usually at the very beginning of my notes, I'll write down the characters' names. Yes. And then, like, maybe a word of them. So I can't remember who they are when I'm speaking about them. And there's, like, literally three lines of just character names that I have here. So they do touch upon a lot of characters, but just not, I think, in the right way. So between it being a brother versus sister show, a teenage romance show, a small town versus big industry show, or a political drama, which one do you... Th- or rank, rate those as far as... All right, which, well, which but definitely the first one is small town versus uh big industry big industry um the the teen romance one is actually the last one this doesn't really focus that much on cool. it at that's least actually in this a good episode. thing yeah. yeah and then what were the other two uh political drama and brother versus sister two political drama and three brother versus sister but those are close because those do play a part in the episode i should say that at the very very end um grover is there a cliffhanger there's no cliffhanger but grover speaks to his dad's gravestone and is like 
I burned the house down. Like, he's really happy <laughs> about it. Grover has nothing to do with the rest of the plot. He's just on his own thing. We're going to see him break no, bad and become, like, like you, a meth dealer like, somewhere. You don't, you don't understand. His storyline starts out where his friends are helping him completely move out. They're finally taking out the final boxes, and he's like, just give me a minute. And they're like, okay. And he leaves, and then he burns the house out. It's just the craziest storyline. He's Wayne from the YouTube series. Yeah. So, I, I do have a can you spot the lie question okay. here. So, yeah. they're... There's some other shows that have borrowed upon this premise beforehand. None of them have been as, uh, I guess, egregious in just saying, okay, we're going to make this completely an autonomous from, or like completely out of bounds from the U.S. Right, okay. But we do have the United States of Terra. And tell me if this plot makes sense. Terra, a modern-day Napoleonic force, seizes control of everything under the Mason-Dixon line, seeking to build a utopia where everyone worships the sun god Ocylon. Wow. There's a lot in that, yeah. but I want to say that that is a lie. Damn it. I thought you heard of the United <laughs> States of Terra. That it was is, a TV show, but it was just about a mom with like bipolar. It sounded, it sounded <laughs> familiar, but I was like, there's so much there that I think okay. you're trying to trick there me. There was also a Family Guy episode in season two called E. Peterbus Unum. Get it? Uh, a zoning malfunction committed by the city planners gives Peter the opportunity to convert the Griffin household into a sovereign nation of Peturia. Yeah, I probably would have gotten that correctly. Like, that's true. Right? Yes, yeah. because I remember when I read the, read, the, read the description about this show, I was like, didn't they do this on Family Guy? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I think I probably have seen that episode at some point, too. Yeah, season two. Um, and yeah, it was just between those two. <laughs> okay, well. I didn't have much more to go off of. But uh, yeah, so overall... I actually did compare this mostly to Godless because if you remember that show is about a group that um, is basically all the husbands have died because they all worked in the, the oil mine in, right, under, yeah. under the town. And uh, then this other company comes in and tries to kind of like just buy it out from under them for dirt cheap. And it's just a bunch of women having to fend for themselves. I mean, yeah, but there's no, like, hour finale where they're shooting just cowboys the whole entire time. Well, it's going to build it up. You see, Grover's plot line <laughs> is going to really... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if any character could do that, it'll probably be him. I will say that at the end of the episode, Danny and Sarah... You will uh, say a lot. <laughs> they, they coalesce, and she actually is introduced to Piper. A huge thing in this episode was the fact that Danny did not tell um, the mom or Sarah that uh, he was engaged. So that's the big secret that he has. Yeah. That was one of the things. And, but also, doesn't he have an ex-girlfriend, this um, Corrine Dearborn? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do have a scene together where they talk so about what the they fact say? that it didn't work. Is yeah, there still know. the flame there? No, there's no flame there at all. But Corrine, but Corrine's like, you know what? You should at least speak to your sister because I know that you always fended for her and made sure that she felt safe. And that's what leads Danny to go and introduce Piper to her. Mm -hmm. so. What do you see as more of the villain right now? Because you saw the governor, but did you see any of the mining industry, the Leiden or whatever they're called? Uh, the Linden? Not, I don't not, know. not a lot of it. By the end of the episode, Sarah does go to Gail and is like, look, you will make a gray lock uh, she uses a specific word which recognized because that basically means that she's able to get the items back and everything and then we will hold a joint press conference where you can take all of the credit for uh, bringing us back together so it was almost That's like very a, political yes. yeah and when i first heard that the show was going to be about like a separate society of people who had broken off sort of from the u.s but not seceded um <laughs> 
I was I was under the impression that we would get a lot of more court drama, but apparently there was a huge time jump that completely like surpassed the courts uh, from episode one to episode two. Everybody was expecting to see the actual like judge find out whether down. or not he was yeah. going to uh, legislate this as as fair or if they can actually leave the U.S. And uh, they just they just maybe, said they could. <laughs> maybe they just didn't want to deal with like writing having to write down any yeah, of that drama. Yeah, writing that would have been pretty crazy. Um, but that probably would have like, made for good TV. Though. Does it feel like a typical um, CW show though? Because yeah, you said the... no, this does feel like a typical CW show. And also, I wrote down my notes. I'm not going to remember this. Like a hundred episodes from it's now, forgettable. Very forgettable, at least for me. It still doesn't feel as crazy as some of the CW shows that are out there right now, like Riverdale or The One Hundred. Uh, help me out here. There's the like all those. Um, well, I mean, supernatural. supernatural shows. Yeah, and and then the C, uh, the DC shows. But yeah, there's no supernatural angle of this thing. I just think that they're Until. trying to get no. You think just think <laughs> they're trying to get the young adult crowd basically. Yeah. Something interesting that is supernatural is the element that they're looking at Colton or whatever mm-hmm. the metal. Uh, that is the metal that the Terminator movies used as their robot make- making metal. So the it, one that Arnold Schwarzenegger was assumedly like made with. Right, yeah, but so that's. I don't know if it, like it's not re- it, it's not what they really used for the character. I was yeah, yeah I was. I was <laughs> they didn't use adamantium for Wolverine, like obviously. Well, well, adamantium doesn't exist though, so. Okay, well Colton does, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the governor wants it so bad, and that's why this is going to turn into a real yeah, interesting yeah, show okay, in sure. just a few weeks. All right. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I basically really? said everything. How long is this episode? 43 minutes. 43 minutes? We got it through this in like 20 minutes. Again, there's not like beyond the big scenes that every single thing has, like the protest scenes and uh, Danny basically shutting his mom out. And uh, are Bella. they wide protest scenes? Like, do you see like no, it takes page? like it takes like one. Oh, like landscape shots. No, you don't see anything like how that. big is the crowd? It was a pretty sizable crowd in the background the that she town. had. Pitchforks? Not the whole town. No, no pitchforks. Anybody with guns besides the cops. It was peaceful protest, so no. You can have a peaceful That's not, okay, okay. No, 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 no. We're not getting All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.